the Shelachim, the called out ones, the sent ones. Chapter 22, and beginning in verse 1. This has been a wonderful journey that we've been on with all those sent ones from the book of Acts. So, Father, we humbly come before you. We ask, Almighty God, that as your word goes forth, it would fully equip and inspire us to not go and make decisions of our own. May we hear and incline and inquire of the Lord on every matter in our life. And sometimes it appears that they're very trivial, trivial in our lives, the questions that we ask the Lord. But we're living in such a time that the Lord has anointed us to live. I believe that this is the latter days for us and for our nation and for the world. And so, Father, we want to hear what you are saying to us. We want to hear what our good shepherd, who is Yeshua, wants us to do for today. Not for the things that we've done in the past, but the things that he desires for us to to do today. May we recognize and listen to the rock, the spirit of the living God. May we be fully equipped to do only what is pleasing in our Father's sight who sits on the throne and rejoices as his children walk in unity and walk in fellowship one to another. We give you all glory and honor and praise in Yeshua's name. Amen. Beginning in verse 1. Brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you now. When they heard him speaking to them in Hebrew, they settled down more. So that he continued, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, Cilicia but brought up in this city and trained at the feet of Gamiel in every detail of the Torah of our forefathers. I was a zealot for God, as all of you are today. I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. Now, for some of us reading these words and hearing these words possibly for the very first time, we would think, who is this man speaking of? He's speaking of his former, former self. Prior to coming to the full revelation of who Yeshua was, there was a veil over the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul's eyes. Just as there was a veil over our eyes before having that veil removed for us to become born again, to put our faith and trust in Yeshua Jesus as our Messiah. We made our own decisions. We chose the paths that we were to walk on. But now he's confessing to them. He now has a huge audience a little background. What's going on here? The celebration of Shavuot, the appointed feast of the Lord, 
This is a time when all the males living in the land of Israel and those who are part of the diaspora were to gather together in the land. This was both recognizing the Ten Commandments being given to the Jewish people through Moses on Mount Sinai, but also the significance that this was a harvest. Harvest of what? Wheat. And what did Yeshua said? That now is the time to harvest. How white the wheat is. Now's the time for the shepherd to send his laborers. And what are we told in scripture? That we're to pray that the Lord of the harvest would what? Would send laborers in to receive the harvest. There is so much depth here. What's going on? And so Rav Shaul is now looking at his former Jewish brothers who still have the veil over their eyes. But also he's looking at those of his Jewish brothers who have had the veil removed from their eyes and they see the salvation of God. They have not forsaken Judaism. They have not forsaken the Torah. But they're still serving the living God. Notice this. There are thousands upon myriads of thousands of men who are assembled at this place. Both those who have the veil over their eyes, Jewish men, and those who have had the veil removed from their eyes. Now for us to get, get a greater understanding of what is taking place here, we must understand where Rav Shaul was prior to his having that veil removed from his eyes. Notice he said that he persecuted those who were the followers of the way. He arrested them, both men and women. So the Spirit of the living God has given us the book of Acts and given us the historical revelation of when this took place. I ask you now to turn with me to Acts chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to focus on one individual here who Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul, literally persecuted. See, God testifies about our life. Isn't it amazing and is it not a blessing that we're not living in the days where the Bible is literally being written today? Otherwise, you know what? Our former lives would be mentioned prior to coming to know Yeshua as our Messiah, as the veil was before our eyes. Now here standing before you, Rav Shaul is a transformed man. He's no longer the old Shaul the old Saul, he's born again. He now hears the voice of Adonai more clearly than before. We're now in Acts chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Around this time when the number of Talmudian, the disciples, was growing, the Greek-speaking Jews began complaining against those who spoke Hebrew that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. So the twelve called a general meeting of the Talmudim, and said, 
It isn't appropriate that we should neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among yourselves who are full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will appoint them to be in charge of this important matter. But we ourselves will be give our full attention to the praying and the serving of the word. What they said was agreeable to the whole gathering. They chose Stephen. That's the individual we're going to focus on now. A man full of faith in the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. Philip, Prokos, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, who was a proselyte from Antioch. They presented these men to be emissaries who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God continued to spread, and the number of Talmudim in Jerusalem increased rapidly. A large crowd of Kohenim were becoming obedient to the faith. Notice that, a large crowd of the priests. What priests? The priests who served daily in the temple. Continuing here. Now Stephen was full of grace and power and performed great miracles and signs among the people. But opposition arose from the members of the synagogue of the freed slaves. As it was called, composed of what? Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and the people of where? Cilicia. Where was Rav Shaul from? But from Cilicia. Let's go forward. And the providence of Asia. They argued with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or his spirit by which he spoke. So they secretly persuaded some men of the village. Remember, Rav Shaul has been brought before and he's being arrested because of what? False accusations. This is a comparative between these two lives. Where Stephen was full of the spirit, he was born again. He'd given his life to Yeshua. His veil had been removed. We heard him speak blasphemous against Moshe and against God. They stirred up the people as well as the elders and the Torah teachers so that they came to arrest him and led him before what? The Sanhedrin. Where is Rav Shaul going to go before? But the Sanhedrin. Where did Yeshua go before he laid down his life on the execution stake? The Sanhedrin. These they set up, there they set up false witnesses who said, this man never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the Torah. Are these not the most similar accusations that are also brought up against Rav Shaul? Absolutely, going forward. For we have heard him say that Yeshua from Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs Moshe, Moses, handed down to us. Were not these Almost word for word, the same accusations were brought against Rav Shaul going forward. Everyone sitting on the Sanhedrin stared at Stephen and saw that his face looked like that of the face of an angel. But as we look at chapter 21 and 22, God does not change Rav Shaul's appearance that his face shines like an angel. Going forward in, in chapter 7 verse 1. The Kohen Haggadol, the high priest, asks, Are these accusations true? 
Stephen said, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The glory, the God of glory appeared to Avraham Alvino in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. How timely. What was our Torah portion today? But lech lecha, calling out of Abraham to go to a place, to a land that he did not know. As Brother Elder Allen shared so eloquently today, he forsook his family, his livelihood, and everything and put his trust in a God that he barely knew. Let's continue here. Mesopotamia, he lived in, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Leave your land and your family and go into the land that I will show you. So he left the land of Kassadim and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God made him move to the land where you are now living. He gave it him no inheritance in it, not even a space for his foot, yet promised to give it to him as a possession and to all his descendants after him, the seed of Abraham. Even though at the time he was childless, what God said to him was, your descendants will be aliens in a foreign land. They will be in slavery and oppressed for 400 years, but I will judge the nation that enslaves them. God said, and afterwards they will leave and worship me in this place. God fulfilled his promises. And he gave them the Brit Milah, the circumcision. So he became the father of Yitzhak and did his Brit Milah on the eighth day. And Yitzhak became the father of Yaakov, and Yaakov became the father of the 12 patriarchs. Now the 12 patriarchs grew jealous of Yosef, Joseph and sold him to slavery in Egypt, but Adonai was with him. He rescued him from all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him chief administrator over Egypt and over all his household. This is the testimony that Stephen is sharing against the accusation that he taught against Torah and the the laws of Moses and the traditions of God handed to his Jewish people. Now there came a famine that caused much suffering throughout the land of Egypt and Canaan. But when Yaakov heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent for our fathers there the first time. The second time, Yosef revealed his identity to his brothers, and Yosef's family became known to Pharaoh. Yosef then sent for his father Yaakov and all his relatives, 75 people. And Yaakov went down to Egypt and he died. And he did as, their, as our other ancestors. Their bodies were moved to Shechem. Remember the, the area that Abraham bought that, that cave to bury his wife? Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought from the family of Hamor in Shechem for a certain sum of money. As time drew near for the fulfillment of the promise of God made to Avraham, the number of our people in Egypt increased greatly until there arose another king over Egypt who had no knowledge of Yosef. With cruel and cunning, this man forced our fathers to put their newborn babes outside their homes so that they would not survive. It was then that Moses, Moshe, was born 
He was a beautiful in God's sight. For three months he was reared in his father's house. And when he was put out of his home, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. So Moshe was trained in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and became both powerful speaker and a man of action. But when he was 40 years old, the thought came to him to visit his brothers, the people of Israel. On seeing one of them being mistreated, he went to his defense and took revenge by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed his brothers would understand that God was using him to rescue him, but they didn't understand. When he appeared the next day as they were fighting and tried to make peace between them, saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? The one who was mistreating his fellow pushed Moshe away and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me? the way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? On hearing this, Moshe fled the country and became an exile in the land of Midian where he had two sons. After 40 more years, an angel appeared to him in the desert near Mount Sinai in the flames of a burning thorn bush. What is the significance of that? Adonai appeared to Rav Shaul on the way to Damascus. Going forward, when Moshe saw this, he was amazed at the sight. And as he approached to get a better look, there came a voice of Adonai. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. But Moshe trembled with fear and didn't dare look. Adonai said to him, take off your sandals because the place where you are standing is holy ground. The presence of the living God. I have clearly seen how my people are being oppressed in Egypt and I've heard their cry and I've come down to rescue them and now I send you to Egypt. Who is filling Stephen's mouth right now but the Ruach HaKodesh? Because we're promised in scripture if we were brought before the leaders of the land or even the synagogue or any place, we're not to worry and fear what we're about to say. For the spirit of the living God will fill our mouths with what we are to say. Going on, this Moshe whom you rejected saying, who made you ruler and judge is the very one whom God has sent as a ruler and a ransomer by means of an angel that appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out performing miracles and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is Moshe who said to the people of Israel, God will raise up a prophet like me from among your brothers. This is the man who was in the assembly in the wilderness, who accompanied by the angel and had spoken to him at Mount Sinai and by our fathers, the man who was given living words to pass on to us. But our fathers did not want to obey him. On the contrary, they rejected him and in their hearts turned to what? To Egypt, saying to Aharon, make us some gods to lead us because this Moshe who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. That was when they made an idol in the shape of a calf and offered a sacrifice to it and held a celebration in honor of what they had made with their own hands. How many times we as believers go our own way and create things with our own hands going forward? 
So God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship the stars. As has been written in the book of the prophets, people of Israel, it was not me that you offered slaughtered animals and sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness. No, you carried the tent of Molech and the star of your God, Rephon, and the idols you made so that you could worship them. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babel. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness. It, made, it had been made just as God, who spoke to Moshe, had ordered him to make it, according to the pattern Moshe had seen. Later on, our fathers, who had received it, brought it in with Joshua, who they took when they took the land away from the nations that God drove out before them. So it was until the days of David, he enjoyed God's favor and asked if he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Yaakov. And Shlomo, Solomon, did build him a house. But the high Elion does not live, the God Most High, does not live in places made by hand, as the prophet says, heaven is my throne, says Adonai, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house could you build for me? What kind of place could you devise for my rest? Didn't I myself make all these things? Stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You continually oppose the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. You do the same things your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers did not persecute? They killed those who told, who told in advance about the coming of the Zadik, who is the Zadik, but the righteous one, him being Yeshua. And now you become his betrayers and murderers. You who received the Torah as having been delivered by angels, but you do not keep it. On hearing these words, they were cut in their hearts and they ground their teeth at them. But he being full of the Ruach HaKodesh, he looked up to heaven and saw God's Shekinah, Shekinah, with Yeshua standing, not decaying in a tomb, but standing at the right hand of God. Did not Yeshua say that to his Jewish people where he was going? I'm going back to the one who has sent me. Going forward, look, he explained, I see heaven opened and the son of man, who was Yeshua, who did he claim to be? But the son of man standing at the right hand of God. And at this, they began yelling at the top of their voices. Remember earlier in this chapters here, it said that they could not keep and de uh, debate with him because the literal word of God was coming forth from his mouth. In the day and the hour that we are being pressed through tribulation, false accusation, give an account of the kingdom of God dwelling within us, God shall also fill our mouths that day. We have nothing to fear. At this, they began yelling at the top of their voices so that they, so that they wouldn't hear him. 
and with one accord they rushed at him. They threw him outside the city and began stoning him. And the witnesses laid down their coats at the feet of a young man named Shaul, who now has a veil over his eyes and does not recognize Yeshua as his Messiah. Going forward here. And as they were stoning him, Stephen called out to God, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. Then he kneeled down and shouted out, Lord, don't hold this sin against him. And with that, he died. And I'll just continue on to the next chapter, the first verse, 8-1. And Shaul gave his approval to his murder. Think now as Rav Shaul, as we fast forward in chapter 22. The image of that day is on his mind. When he shares with his brothers who have veil over their eyes that he went there forward to persecute his fellow Jewish people, both men and women. He's not doing that as a, uh, as a statement of praise. I believe if we were to look in Rav Shaul's eyes when he shared this, his heart was broken. The full realization. Think of those 20 plus years when he had those scales removed from his eyes, the veil removed from his eyes. He made wrong choices in life. He persecuted Yeshua literally. So when you and I are being persecuted on this earth, we're not to take it to heart. Because who is truly persecuting us? It's not that individual. It's the one behind that individual who's inspiring them to do that. And who is it? But Hasatan. He wants to rub out, snuff out, extinguish the light and the testimony of every man, woman, and child who lives for God. But we're not to walk in fear. So Rav Shaul's heart is torn right now. He looks at his brothers and sisters out there that have the veil still over their eyes. And he has empathy. He knows what they think and what they believe. But they're deceived. They don't fully understand because they have not received the revelation. So I speak to my Gentile brothers and sisters of Messiah. When you entreat a Jewish person that has not received Yeshua as their Messiah, you should have compassion and empathy. Remember, you have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. And if you do not possess love and compassion to reach out to these people, the apple of God's eye, then God needs to have you circumcise your own heart. If you do not have a love for what God loves, 
Are you truly his? Do you believe in replacement theology? Or do you believe that the church has replaced Israel? God forbid. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I thank you for your time because we had to have this set in the proper setting so we could fully understand what is happening here. Many times we may have read these scriptures and just simply read it, glossed over it, and moved on. But what Rav Shaul is standing there, and can you imagine his brothers who were in that assembly there? And the veil has been removed from their eyes. Just as Paul reflecting on what Stephen said in the past, it caused him to become angry, but it did sow the seeds of someone who is being falsely accused of not fulfilling Torah and teaching against the ways of God, that you could be falsely accused, but yet still walk in Torah, fulfill God's will and provision for your life, and to be a living testimony. Think of those who have the veil removed from their eyes, who are interceding and praying and asking God to sow these seeds in the hearts that are, are so hardened against the revelation of who Yeshua is. This is a major breakthrough when God begins to remove the veil from a Jewish person's eyes who do not have the revelation of who Yeshua is. We are to intercede and to pray. Now, fast forward. Rav Shaul died, just as Stephen died. Can you imagine the day of Rav Shaul's death where his body and spirit left his body and the mourners were there mourning over his body but immediately he went in the presence of the Lord. And I truly believe this with my whole heart. That who was there to meet him, but was the soul and the spirit of Stephen with open arms. Can you imagine that reconciliation? The love of God. So we see people as our enemies, sometimes politically on the other side. Are we not to pray for them, for God to change our hearts, to show loving kindness? Because the same Yeshua that died upon the execution stake and rose from the dead for us did so for them too. They have a veil over their eyes. They're walking in deception. We are the ones to pray, to intercede, and to bear witness, even at the point of death being buffeted, being falsely accused. My brothers and sisters, nothing has changed until our last days upon this earth. That's the testimony we're to have. Love and compassion pointing the way to Yeshua and allow the spirit of the living God to transform that person. Don't you rejoice that we've all been transformed in the image and likeness of Messiah? That's our heart's desire. Shabbat shalom.